This is Off The Fence. Welcome aboard. My name is James Fox. I'm Alex Maskell. And we spoke about the no confidence vote, or rather the confidence vote in Theresa May last week. That's what happened now. Yeah, we speculated and we, we got it like basically right. Yeah, we got it pretty, pretty bang on. I remember you saying about 110, 100 to 120 you think we're going to vote against Theresa May and it turned out to be 117? Yeah, yeah. I'm willing to accept being correct on this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest, you know, it didn't seem like the most wild of predictions to get right. I think, you know, anyone who got that wrong that you were listening to, if you listen to this podcast and you heard other people in the media who got that wrong, um, either they weren't paying attention or they just have no idea what they're talking about. So therefore, don't listen to them either way. Yeah, pretty much. It, yeah. it was it was kind of a watermark on just, are you paying attention to the world in front of you you're supposedly trying to comment on? Exactly. Obviously, seen over the past two years, some in the commentariat just have no idea how to do that. It's pretty extraordinary how, how much some people can get away with just not knowing what's going on. If you've joined us for the first time, this is Off The Fence. We're on soundcloud.com slash off the fence. Also, iTunes, Stitcher, all the others. Um, Twitter is where we are at mostly. Um, at Off The Fence Talk on there, so catch us on there. Um, we're going to be talking about a few things tonight. Obviously, there's this motion tabled by Jeremy Corbyn, no confidence in Theresa May as Prime Minister, not as the, in the government, but as Prime Minister. So we're going to be talking about that later on, what that means, what it doesn't mean, and kind of the shenanigans in Parliament over the past two hours around Brexit, as boring as that may sound. There's a few interesting things going on around it. First, before all of that, though, um, some amazing news that at least seems to be some progress um, in terms of international politics and one of the worst uh, blunders going on in the world right now, um, which is, of course, the conflict happening in Yemen um, between the Saudi-led coalition, UK and US-backed Saudi coalition. Um, two things, a blockade around the country, which is forcing millions of people's lives to be at risk under an impending famine, and as well as the actual military action of the Saudi-led coalition um, using UK and US military support and weapons that we've sold them. Yeah, we've talked about the uh, ongoing civil war in Yemen a couple of times, particularly in some of the earlier episodes of this show. And one of the things that's been striking about it is how, how brutal it is considering that there is clearly no good reason for us to be involved in this other than just that we can profit from it. This is imperial yeah. war making of the worst sort. It, and it is, we must say as well, there is a proxy element of it between Iran and uh, Saudi Arabia, but we're getting ourselves... Although even that is asymmetrical. Like, Iran yeah. are kind of offering support to the Houthi, uh, to the Houthi-led rebellion, and Saudi Arabia are the main military yeah. force of the government. So it, it's... It's kind of I I would say that comparing them as a false equivalent and false equivalence and certainly the spectre of Iran is being invoked as a way to it is it know, really deny is. a lot of people support who could kind of use it and also to justify obviously mm -hmm. uh, assisting in atrocities being committed by a close ally. Anyway, the latest update on this is coming from the U.S. Senate. Your boy Bernie Sanders. He put a, um, a motion in, movements, to try and end US military support for the Saudis in Yemen. And of course, as we know, Bernie Sanders is an independent. He's got closer links to the Democrats. I'm not going to call the Democrats left wing, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The Senate is controlled by the Republicans at the moment. So you, you'd probably think, uh, if you were thinking in really basic terms, oh, it's got no chance. But 
he managed to get it through with the Senate voting 56 to 41 to end US military involvement with Saudi-led coalition in Yemen. Um, some people are saying you know, the measure reflects the lack of confidence in Trump over Yemen. That's what The Guardian are saying on that. It's also extremely interesting that this is happening now because it's the first time ever since the War Powers Act was introduced 45 years ago following conflicts like Korea and most notably and most relevantly Vietnam. This War Powers Act gave the US Senate the ability to stop uh, US involvement in a war, which has never been had the power to do before. It was just the, entirely the president's own will of, you know, commander in chief if they want to take the country to war or not. So that's extremely interesting. It's the first time, you know, there's been many conflicts the US have been involved with in that time and they've not used it. So it, is, it really is a kind of watershed moment um, that they're actually going forward with this. Yeah, and unlike, for instance, the ongoing wars and ongoing involvements in Afghanistan and Iraq, in Yemen, there really isn't a narrative reason you can come up with for why you would want to continue it. It's and not it even... seems like for that very reason, it doesn't get as much attention in the media as it would do normally. You know, of course, because when you start covering it, it's like, why is this? Why are we involved with this? Yeah, the best thing you can do if you want to continue to kind of kowtow to American state power and American elite power is just not talk about this. It's kind of like how no one talks about the Korean War anymore because the Korean War was such an atrocity yeah. and so unjustifiable. And obviously has major connotations to the situation of North Korea now. Yes, and might make people think a bit more to critically the, about that. Yeah, and to the people of North Korea, it's extremely relevant in their, what as they well say. As well as to South Korea. like this, That division is fundamentally an arbitrary one that's kind of been imposed and is not one that a lot of Koreans relate to. And yeah. that's something you're seeing uh, with a lot of the unification talk that's been going on in the last year ever since the last election. I mean, with the situation with Donald Trump right now, his actions on this, almost inaction in dealing with the, you know, Saudi-led coalition and the relations there with the war in Yemen. No, he's been dealing with them in a very specific way. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's, been, he's been making deals. He's, he's been making deals. <laughs> exactly. He's been making deals by selling them more weapons. Yeah. On the flip side, we've got another guy who's kind of our president, but not our president, Bernie Sanders, getting this through. So it's... You know, it's extremely interesting to see Bernie Sanders making movements like that. Is he's the kind of de facto leader of the left in America right now, you could say in some terms. Yeah, and it kind of speaks to what a kind of fracturous time, uh, like America, particularly in the Senate, uh, American legislative politics is kind of going through. That they would, you know, engage in something like this where that kind of thing like can go through and those kind the kind of coalitions that are necessary to pass that kind of thing can be made because obviously bernie is an outside figure of course but also just in general this vastly exceeds the number of people who consider themselves even left-leaning yeah uh so I, it speaks to like because of course it's not like the issue is such a big deal that americans wouldn't support it it speaks to the bizarre kind of the bizarre political nature of the current time yeah we should point out as well there was similar movements in the house of representatives a few weeks back which did not pass because five democrats decided to not actually uh vote for this bill there'll be more votes on that next year i'm sure because uh the democrats will be taking control of the house following the midterm elections that happened in november you would like to think that that would be determinative. Exactly. We'll see when that bridge comes. 
Let's move on to the more relevant stuff of what's happened recently, though. We've had this confidence vote in the Conservative Party last week, the 317 MPs voting whether they want to keep Theresa May as leader of their party or not. Um, It turns out that it's harder to reach the number that would actually take her down than it was to reach 48. Yes, yes, because that is a larger number than uh, 48. That's just maths. Yeah, (laughs) these guys still can't do maths. Anyway, remember that fact that the Conservatives didn't want to vote down um, Theresa May as their leader. Let's remember that, okay? Because we're going to come on to something else now. Um, They delayed the vote. This is one of the reasons why that confidence um, vote came out in the first place. They delayed the vote on Theresa May's Brexit deal, originally scheduled for December 11th last week. Um, that was, to, you know, finally Parliament were going to have their meaningful vote on do we like Theresa May's negotiated deal for the UK's withdrawal from the European Union? And almost everyone was going to say no. Yes, pretty much apart from maybe 150 to 200 Conservative MPs were going to say no, we don't want to go through with this. The hard right of the Conservative Party, um, even some people that like the European Union in the Conservative Party, the kind of hard Remainers, the people that just want to end this shit. Uh, And then obviously a lot of the opposition as well. Fast forward a week later, we're still waiting for that deal, that that vote to come. She's delayed it. She's saying it might happen next year. It's going to happen by January 21st. Um, She's running the clock down, as some people are saying. Yeah, she's basically, she is making it so that there is literally no possible time for further negotiation. Yeah. So that she can basically just claim, okay, it's my my way or the highway. Yeah, but the highway being a no-deal Brexit, which appeals to a lot of the people in her party. Yeah. Or a cancellation of Brexit, or, or at least a cancellation of the current leave date, which... Yeah. You know, also appeals to a different set and drives the previous set completely mad. And what we've got to remember this whole time, this past week, since that vote has been delayed and not been happening, Jeremy Corbyn's been banging on about it not happening. And has said multiple times, we need to have a vote on this. We've been waiting ages for it. Let's do it. It's, it's what the people deserve. It's what Parliament deserves. We need to be having it. Which leads us today with this no confidence motion that he's put down. Yes. Now, it's, it's worth mentioning that it, it's been tabled, but... Uh, Jeremy Corbyn announced it in the House, but didn't actually say the specific magical words. Well, here's some here's some quotes. So last night from Jeremy Corbyn on Twitter, we've got, uh, it is unacceptable for the country to wait another month before Parliament has the chance to vote on Theresa May's botched deal. And that's the reason why he said, therefore I've tabled a motion of no confidence in the PM this evening so Parliament can take back control. So for those wondering, this confidence vote is different because it's in the PM. And it's not in the government, which Labour have been threatening they'll be tabling for a while now. And they said, as soon as this vote happens on the deal, on Theresa May's deal, we'll have that vote. And I think a lot of people expect, as soon as that vote is lost, as it's expected to be, then Labour would table a no-confidence motion in the government and potentially threaten a general election because of it. Yes. So we're expecting that vote on the deal to happen first, and then to have a no-confidence motion in the government. Now, what he's announced here is a no-confidence motion in the Prime Minister because we haven't had that deal yet. And if you're not going to have a deal, we have a no-confidence motion in you, Theresa May, because you're the one stalling this. Exactly. Which kind of makes sense, but it doesn't seem to make sense to a lot of people who are trying to digest this 
in the media from what I've heard because I've heard a lot of people saying, hang on a minute, there's no confidence motion in Theresa May. This isn't going to bring down the government. This is going to force a general election. I thought that's what Labour wanted. Well, there's... And it's just this complete... No, no, that's not what this is trying to do. And you can argue whether this is going to do what they want it to do or not, but this is a different motion to the one, the no-confidence motion in the government, that they've been threatening for after the, the deal vote. The deal vote will come first, and because we're not getting this deal vote, they're saying, no, we've got to have this no-confidence motion in you, Theresa May, right now. It's, a, it's, it's two different things, trying to do two different things, and a lot of people in the media seem to be conflating the two. I think a lot of them just assume Jeremy Corbyn got the words wrong. Yeah, it, de- it definitely speaks to there are like a relative you know lack of insight into the positioning that labor has been doing throughout this entire thing and it like obviously with a bunch of the people involved it was a bit more specific than that they wanted you know before when people were calling for a uh, vote of no confidence it was to try and power through the idea of angling for a general election exactly. and just to shift to a second referendum mm-hmm. as being the thing to push for now it's much more specific than this. It's about calling out the the specific conservative politicians who will presumably vote against this vote of no confidence in the Prime Minister, despite having called for her to be taken down as leader of the party previously. Exactly, which leads us nicely on to Jacob Rees-Mogg. Of course. Be- because following that, that uh, charge last week with his uh, ERG crazies, to get rid of Theresa May as leader of the Conservative Party. Urging her to resign. Exactly. Publicly. After she won that vote, saying, oh no, it's terrible, she's lost confidence of a third of her parliamentary party. You know, that's a vast majority of the backbench non-payroll MPs, which he has got a point with there. You know, yeah, yeah, you'd that expect, isn't untrue. You'd expect 130 of her MPs to vote with her anyway, and she got 200. So you're looking at 70 backbenchers. Um Despite the, despite all of that, saying she, she should resign, now suddenly this week, he's changed his tune rather a big deal. So he's basically saying, no, I've got full confidence in Theresa May. She should just stay as prime minister. And because now, the, you know, the, the stakes have changed. Um, she's voting, they're voting against the Labour Party. So suddenly we've got a situation where many of um, Theresa May's um, critical backbenchers the Eurosceptic types, the ERG members, you know, the Jacob Rees-Moggs of the Conservative Party, suddenly they are happy with Theresa May being uh, Prime Minister, but not leader of the Conservatives. Yeah, and it, it, it particularly shows through for Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's always thought of, oh, he's this brilliant debater, he's, he's brilliant at rhetoric. When he can't even get this straight, he just relies on people not knowing any better and not knowing enough to, you know, think through... Uh, like, hold on, he's holding two completely different positions in two different weeks. You know, I think it speaks to, you know, how vastly overrated he actually is as an intellect and as a, certainly as a man of principle, which is kind of always what he's been sold as. The other thing to mention is, I've heard so many people talk, you know, oh, this is just Jeremy Corbyn playing party politics. This is just Jeremy Corbyn, uh, you know, Trying to trying to mess around, just he's just interested in his party. He's not interested in the national interest. We should be getting on with the Brexit stuff at the moment. It's like, what are you talking about, you fucking moron? Almost everybody wants this vote to happen, and that's what he's pushing for, saying it is unacceptable for the country to wait another month before Parliament has a chance to vote on Theresa May's botched deal. It's like, what do these people want? They want. Do they want no one to vote on the deal? These are, you know, some of these people are the same people that don't want the people's vote. They don't want they. 
literally have no idea what they're talking about when they say Jeremy Corbyn is playing party politics here. He's literally trying to bring the Houses of Parliament to vote on her deal. He's trying to make the Brexit process move on and make some actual action happen rather than just this forever impasse that just drags on and nothing happens because it's just getting boring now that nothing is happening. There's just this constant delay, delay and delay. I don't see it you know, going through, really. I don't see it winning. The DUP sound like they're going to back Theresa May, which is kind of interesting and weird that they're so unhappy with this deal. Um, but I think I think they want to see this this vote come about anyway, just like everybody else. So I, yeah, I, it also it shakes loose their commitment in a lot of places where a lot of pro Brexit MPs will be going up against Labour MPs. It will really help the messaging in you know whenever the next election is to say you know this person says he claims Brexit, but he wouldn't vote against a vote of no confidence for holding back the Brexit vote and wouldn't. Uh, you know, hit like fairly hypocritically propped up Theresa May despite having yeah. spoken out you can't say you, last time. I mean, you you know, say whether want Jeremy Corbyn's going to be stopping Brexit or not or whatever. He's clearly trying to get the the process moving on. He's trying to get the the deal vote to come about so yeah. that, that at least there's some progress, there's some actual movement because this is just stagnation at the moment. Yeah, I mean, parliamentary stagnation. They're trying to get the vote through so that they can vote against it. It's yeah. not like they're trying to usher in this deal and they're just like trying to bring the... It, it certainly draws attention to how drawn out and kind of shrinking her position is and uh, the position of the current Conservative government. Now that's not to say obviously that the uh, the Labour position is like completely airtight and frankly this also serves as a fairly good uh, opportunity to kind of distract people from that by drawing attention to the complete uh you know failure on the part of the government to put together a deal anyone can agree with yeah i mean it would be hilarious if eventually that theresa may somehow comes back and has to try and win labor mps over to vote for her deal by some sort of concession like a customs union or something like that but <laughs> i think speculation like that is whilst funny it's kind of like kind of a bit you know pointless because you've always got to think what well, is the eu gonna accept any of this yeah it, regardless of the you know conflicts within the houses of parliament on which deal will work and who's going to agree to what you know ultimately if the eu aren't on board with it why why should we even bother even yeah, and they've made it clear that with the current red lines she has adopted as being non-negotiable, there is no other deal on the table. So effectively, this does just come down to her playing chicken uh, with everyone else in order to try and get this deal through. Now, and if you were worried about a deal not going through... It, yeah, if, if they called her a bluff on this, if, yeah. if, we, if nobody if, blinks and chicken ends badly. Yes, if it all goes wrong, ministers have uh, now today said, right, no deal plans, let's whack them out in full. They've got to come out now. The planning for a no deal situation where the UK just comes out of the EU with no trading relationship with the European Union. We go back to World Trade Organization terms. Um, and, you know, there's lots of tariffs and barriers for international trade coming in at the UK, then we're going to have to put all those plans in place from now. And part of that is putting three and a half thousand troops on standby. Ah, oh, that's fine. That's like, think about how many of us per one of them that is. We can take them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, another story in the ongoing genre of Brexit stories of 
let's bring the military in, which I think is the third time that it's come yeah, up on this show. Yeah, this was Dominic Raab's big thing. That yeah. He had finally staged some kind of, you know, military marching through the streets, martial law thing. <laughs> So there's that. Um, interesting, interesting to see if that how that will play out, and that'll actually, like, it's not actually that many troops for, the, no. for the amount of, and it, you assume they're going to be somehow splayed between Scotland and Cornwall because those are two apparently the places that are going to need supplies the most. That's where we are on this vote. I mean, I think we're both we're expected that this no confidence motion the PM is not going to. No, and it's not really designed to pass no. and have Parliament declare exactly. no confidence in her. Which will, almost... lead to, which will lead to the commentary and all the media like, what was he thinking? This was never going to work. Yeah, which it's for like... a start, that's going to beg the question of like, how would it then have worked for the vote of no confidence that you guys were all calling for two weeks ago? Exactly. Uh, but also, me. also, it fundamentally just comes down to opportunism over like just a thing that they can misrepresent. But... The reality is it'll show through again that this is a, you know, the Conservative Party, like even their rebels have no principles, even beyond the government and all the humiliations that they've caused, even the rebels, the Tories who supposedly have principle, it's it's all meaningless. Yeah. Anyway, this has been off the fence. I'm sure we'll see how this play out a little bit more. It feels like literally nothing's going to happen between here and Christmas, really, of any movement. Probably not. And I don't think we're under any obligation to do another show for you pigs. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been Off the Fence. Uh, thanks for a fun 2018. Uh, my name's James Fox. I'm Alex Maskell. Thanks. <laughs>